0: Hi, this is Christy Marks, the writer of Gem and the Holograms.
1: What is Danger Generation. Get off! What is Generation.
2: Welcome to this episode of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. This week, we are going to talk about one of our favorite shows from the 80s. Uh, I'm actually letting Mike Blanchard, TFG1 Mike, uh, he's going to actually hijack the episode here for us. and We're going to talk about one of our favorites. Uh, I also have Eva Stanley with us, and we're gonna, just going to join in. So, Mike, what have we got on the docket tonight?
3: <sighs>
4: it's time to go back to the 80s, and we all become truly outrageous. We're talking about Jem and the Holograms, which I want to get right off the bat out of the way is not just a girl's show. No. Thank you. Everybody <laughs> needs to shut the hell up about <laughs> it being, oh, it's a girl's show. No, yeah. no, no. This is not. You know, My Little Pony Generation One. This is not uh, Strawberry Shortcake. This is not yeah. Yeah. Um, Care Bears. This is not uh, what other girl cartoons were out in the eighties. Rainbow um, Bright. Yeah, yeah. This is not Rainbow Bright. Girls' cartoons do not have. I mean, okay, sure. There are certain parts of it that are girly. There's glitz and glamour and fashion yeah. and all that. And yeah. you know, there's there there there's music, but you know, there's also giant explosions, there's the Misfits destroying musical equipment, there's the Misfits and Eric Raymond and all their their hired guns you know. The the second episode, one of Eric Raymond's hired guns puts a bomb inside one of the mansions in the first in the first episode he set the mansion on fire the 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 first Starlight mansion on fire. Yeah. So it's like how is this a girls show? I get it. It's a you know yeah. i i actually have the dvd set the truly outrageous complete series and i watched uh before we started today i watched the uh the bonus features on there cuz there's a there's a bonus feature with uh uh head story editor head writer christy marks uh she basically says and i i've inter- i've talked to the lady twice she's she's an amazing woman to talk to yeah. um she basically said that hasbro gave her this this idea hasbro had already created the 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 beginnings of it and they wanted her to flesh it out so all the names well actually it's funny the character originally started out as M and then Mm -hmm. it it progressed through various names through Hasbro Mm -hmm. uh, through their through their marketing and they went went to her and said hey look you know come up with something and then we'll go from there Um, but they wanted her to create the series Bible and do all this and all that and everything else and uh, but the the other character is Kimber and Aja and, and shayna and and all that they were already there um right. and she gave them all last names and she you know created the story of of Jim and the Holograms versus the misfits and it 's a really really fun cartoon it's yeah it 's not so, just it 's not just you know special forces army people against snake men it 's not just <laughs> it 's not just you know holding you know you know, sticking your power sword into a snake mountain. It's not just giant robots. It's, it's a fun, inventive cartoon. It's basically Christy Marks said in the DVD special feature, she said, it's basically a soap opera action cartoon
0: Yes, is what it is. Yeah. I was going to mention that too. And and I actually did write some notes about it that it's not, it's, I don't want to say it's thought provoking, but I guess in some ways it is because each individual episode has like a serious plot to it. It's very, mm-hmm. um, even as a kid, a lot of it, it was, I thought it was kind of complex, you know, it wasn't just, Oh, let's go skipping in the clouds and, you know, look at rainbows all day. I mean, it's, it yeah. was very, um, it was very in depth. I well, thought for what it was.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say this cause I have to admit when I was a kid and, and again, growing up in the eighties, this show was on, I was, you know, 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. And at that time I was of the, I was of the mentality, you know, the mentality that anything having to do with girls was icky. You know, I've yeah. since grown yeah. out of that, and realized that hey, girls are hot. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So because of that, I thought that gem was this dorky thing. You know, because at the time you had stupid shit that was out there for girls. You had, I remember that like at the time this was going on that they had the streamer stuff that girls were dancing around with to like jazzercise type stuff. Yeah, And so I thought that Jem was kind of along the same lines as that. And so I thought, oh, okay, you know, it's just – especially when you see all the Hasbro stuff that's being put out with, yeah. you know, the the pink wigs and the microphones and the, the dolls looking like Barbie dolls. I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is another Barbie ripoff. You know, that's what I yeah. thought of Yeah,
0: Yeah, so, and a lot of people did, especially because they did come out with a Jem Barbie, a Jem doll, which I proudly owned. Um, yeah, it was very um, – and even my brother, I mean, he used to watch it with me, but even he was like, you know what, I'm going to catch flack of the boys at school and my friends at school know that I'm watching a girl show. And I was like, you know, even as a kid, like this, why do you say that? You know, but he liked it. And he he would tell me, I really like this show. Let's, let's hang out and watch it together. So it just, yeah. yeah, it was a shame that that had, it had that title
2: to well, it. And that's the thing is that I started watching it again. Hub, when Hub started re-airing it, I was kind of like, Oh my God, I gotta sit down and watch this. So I started watching it and I'm going, damn, there's actually substance to the episodes. It's yes. not just, you know, the girls in fashion and singing up there and being like, Oh, you know, hey, look at me. I'm really you know, I'm a little pretty teeny bopper. Yeah.
0: It's not just fluff, yeah. That's it's what not I do it too. you know, and it's
2: not your Hannah Montana bullshit that you have exactly. with, uh, for running around. Okay,
4: no. <laughs> I have to interject there because I think it was the first interview we did, and I, I, I'm i going to reference the two interviews. I'm actually going to send you the link so you can put it in the post on, on the website. But I'm going to reference these two interviews the entire episode. I think it was the first interview we did with Christy, and we mentioned that to her. And she's like, but it's not Hannah Montana because Hannah Montana is just putting on a wig. Jem and the Holograms, it's a hologram. Jem is yeah. not real. Yes, Jem is Jerrica Benton. They are the same person, but the Jem image is a hologram. It's not yes. actually there. It is there, but it it isn't really there. So um, the Hannah Montana copycat thing just,
2: no. Oh, yeah. This is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, this is just, it, it's such a far cry and such a different turn from what, you know, Miley Cyrus became, it has yeah. become, was mm-hmm. even when she was doing the Hannah Montana crap. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, world's better. <laughs> yeah, wow, totally. The,
3: the
4: totally. thing about this this cartoon, the thing about Gem and the Holograms is it came out at a time where it was all boys cartoons. It was all car- it was Transformers, GI Joe, ThunderCats, mm-hmm. Mask. Yeah. Um I'm sure Centurions, Visionaries, all all that stuff. All that stuff is for boys. He-Man. Uh, yeah. I think I already yes. mentioned ThunderCats, Voltron. Yeah. Um and they had to figure out a way to market to girls because okay sure uh, Mattel figured it out and they gave He-Man a twin sister and then She-Ra started in 85 yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know Hasbro had to figure out a way to not only compete but get girls to buy the dolls and and see that and everything else and and it was a great addition to their lineup and the fact that um, Gem is a Sunbow show, just like G.I. Yeah. Joe, Real American Hero, just like yeah. Transformers. You know, so, I mean, it really was done very well. You know, as a kid, I loved it because I believe, and I, I've said this many times over for your listeners, probably be a first, but when I was a kid watching reruns or it might have been new episodes, I don't know. I always used to catch, and I don't know if this was this, – I could be remembering it wrong. I always used to catch Mask in the morning and then Jem was on right after it at one point or Jim was before it and Mask was after it. So I was watching two action cartoons back to back at one point, And, uh-huh. you know, what, you know, as a kid, I could always kind of relate to Rio a little bit because uh-huh. well hell, I've I've always wanted to have purple hair. There was a
3: <laughs> it's, no, no no no
4: I'm not I'm not kidding. Oh no, I believe always like... wanted to have purple hair. There was an incident um, the summer of ninety four where we went out and bought purple hair dye and oh, it wow. didn't work. Oh, <laughs> no. It didn't work at all. Oh, it no. uh <laughs> it oh. um it went in purple, it washed out purple, it turned my hair. Remember the old, light, light brown M&Ms? Not the dark brown that, that we've always had. Yes. The light brown. It turned it, like, that much lighter than what my hair already was. Oh. And I'm like, okay, well, I still want to dye my hair. What else do you have? And my, <laughs> I, should, I should have never done this. My, uh, my cousin said, oh, well, I have Manic Panic Red. I'm oh, like god. okay, so I tried that. Never go swimming after you dye your hair. I have pictures oh, of myself, no. oh, of myself god. with hot pink hair. Also, oh, I actually, <laughs> I, I was oh, actually the male version of Jim in the early '90s.
3: oh, guys. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's, uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> I think I went a little overboard in oh, my
0: fandom.
3: That's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. It's, it's
0: self-expression. Yeah, <sighs> that's, that's, that's funny. funny. <laughs>
2: well, I do have to say one thing before we really start launching into like plot and cast and everything. And Mike, I, I know I'm probably going to take flack from you for this, but I think it's Showtime synergy. <laughs> Nice. Uh, she already introduced the episode, oh, okay. so you
4: are <laughs> uh, a little late. Oh well. Uh yeah, uh, the the basic plot here is that um let's see the basic plot. Um basic plot of the of the series is uh the fact that uh the series revolves around Jim, a mysterious lead singer and frontwoman of the rock group Jim and the Holograms. Uh, her real name is Jerrica Benton, and under this name, she is owner and manager of Starlight Music. Jim adopts the person, the persona of... Uh, Jerrica adopts this persona with the help of the holographic computer known as Synergy. Uh, this was built by Jerrica's father to be the ultimate audiovisual entertainment synthesizer, and is bequeathed to her after his death. Jerrica is able to command Synergy to project the gem hologram over herself by means of the remote microprojectors in her earrings, thus disguising her features and clothing, enabling her to assume the gem persona. Uh, while disguised as Jem, Jerica is able to move freely without restrictions, and on several occasions other people have been in direct physical contact with her without disrupting the hologram projection. Jem, through the use of her earrings, is also able to project holograms around her and uses this ability throughout the series, to avoid danger and provide special effects for the performances of her group. Um, now, I did read that from Wikipedia. People can t- I, I know I know a lot of people in po- you know listen to podcasts. Oh, reading from Wikipedia, we hate that. the The general plot of the episode of, of the series, outside of what I just read, is basically Jerrica's father had passed away. She got half of Starlight Music. Eric Raymond got the other half. Mm -hmm. And the first five episodes, even though they are not a five-parter, they are a continuation
2: each episode. Um, uh, Let me see here. Let me pull this up. And, you know, I think that was one reason why I had kind of a problem watching it as a kid was because I always felt like I was missing out on something when it started. Because of the way it continued. It It was great. And I liked the fact that you know, we're starting to see a lot more shows that are starting to pick up with the continuation now, yeah. going on and on and on from stuff that happened in earlier episodes.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: But this was this was a new thing to me when I saw it for Jim. Me too.
0: It actually was for me too, and I could see being nine years old, eight years old when this came out that I could see that how that could kind of create. A little bit of an issue because, yeah, you wonder, okay, did I get this whole thing? Am I missing something? And I hate, even to this day, I hate catching a show of any kind or a movie. And even if it's five minutes in and I don't see the first five minutes, it bugs me. So (laughs) I think that that's something that, yeah, I can identify with as a child too that oh and I even like talking about it now there's some things that Mike just mentioned that I wasn't even aware of about the show and I loved the show so I didn't know that Eric Raymond owned 50% I thought he, I knew he had a stake in it but I didn't know how much so
4: it was yeah it, it, he had half and, and Jerrica had half
0: oh, uh,
4: yeah cause and And the first five episodes, now the thing is with these first five episodes, even though they are all different, like like it's not the beginning part one, two, three, four, and five, it's the beginning, disaster, Kimber's Rebellion, frame-up, and Battle of the Bands. Mm
3: -hmm. This
4: is in line with what Sunbo was doing back then. They would do multi-parters to introduce cartoon series. Uh, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, had the Mass Device five-parter. Transformers had the three-parter. Uh, More than meets the eye. Um, You know, so it's right along the lines, even though it doesn't say part one, two, three, four, five, it is a. The first five episodes are a multi-parter continuation from the previous episodes. So Mm -hmm. it's setting up this one whole story arc. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah.
4: So, yeah. Uh, The other thing. with the plot is the plot is it, it's fairly simple, but it's still complex and and yeah. interesting. The the basic genesis is Jem and the Holograms versus the Misfits. Jem yeah. is equally the better artist than Pizzazz. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on your 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 taste in music, but yeah. I, the The Misfit songs, there's not a lot of them that I like. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's not a lot of them that I like. And really, again, what this show is doing, it's not just a girl's show. It's not just fashion. It's taking – it's basically a cartoon version of MTV. Because what they do is they take a story of a cartoon – Yes. And they work music videos into it.
3: That's what
0: I loved as a kid. I remember even thinking like, wow, this is like a cartoon MTV. I remember, I remember also thinking that I wished that they had played like an entire song, not just like 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. I really wish that they had played like an entire song. But then I thought, well, it's a, you know, it's a 30-minute show, you know, how often can they do that, really? But I remember as a kid, like, wanting more. Like, I want to see a whole video, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking how cool that was, that, wow, they're really, you know, taking the whole MTV thing, and mm-hmm. making music videos with cartoons. How freaking rad is
3: that, you know?
2: Um, see, here, and- I, was the, I was the exact opposite on all this, because <laughs> I, I know that sounds funny, but... I've always been the kind of person who likes the story that goes on, and so I always saw the music videos as kind of just an interruption for the story that was going on. Oh, oh! No, no, no. they, no, 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 they tell they, you know,
4: they they are worked into the the episodes and they further the story. Yeah, they're not like I could I could see if you were just watching the music because actually on the DVD set on all of the discs there's called the uh, the Jim music jukebox. And what they did was they took every single song, every single segment that was a video in the show, cut it out, and made it its own music video. Oh, I've actually, nice. yeah, yeah, oh, I've actually God. got, um, you know, and, and Eva, you were saying that. Oh, I, I want a full song. These technically are full songs, oh. but they're short songs.
3: Oh, okay. like,
4: yeah. um, you've got. Uh, let's see here. I'm
0: thinking Midnight in Paris uh, right now. <laughs> Midnight in Paris uh, is what's in my head. Or, or no, Twilight uh, in Paris. Twilight in Paris.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twilight in Paris was um, a minute twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Out of My Way, the first song the Misfits sang was fifty seconds, but it's still a full song within the oh, scope of the show. I thought
0: they were just like snippets. Okay, no, it's, just it's very cool. I, you know,
1: yeah.
0: at the time, God, that was so new, and MTV was still relatively new, and it just. Yep. It definitely was something that I gravitated to as a kid. Just And I remember dancing along to the songs. And I was even gem for Halloween that year that it came out, fourth grade. You know, the face mask and the pink plastic dress with the little fringe belt. And I thought I was the shit, you know. And it just, you know, singing the songs and just – it, it the, whatever it, they did, the, the formula, everything, the stories, the music, everything worked. Everything just – yeah it it captured it captured an audience for sure
2: and i mean part of the thing with it too is is that looking back on it now because i started watching some of the episodes yeah i was kind of surprised by the fact that they were taking her they were taking jerrica benton and they were putting her as this major figure who had power starting off there you know she has this power because of everything that's left to her from her father Yeah. And then she you see her and she's with the Starlight Mansion and she's, you know, Starlight Foundation, I want to say is what it was where they were doing the uh, the kids. They were helping the foster kids, which I thought was really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing
2: that and kind of going, wow, they they, you know, for the 80s, this was this was a time when, you know, it wasn't it it was still you still had a glass ceiling for a lot of women and a lot of girls. And, And I think that they were trying to break some of that by holding this out here and saying here. You girls can be something important. You don't have to be focused on what looks hot, what looks good. It's about being a business person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm really kind of glad that they pushed that image for girls.
0: I think so too. Yeah. And even like, like what you mentioned about like the Starlight Girls or whatever too. Even just they would carry – you know, they would have important like morals and stories involving the girls that I thought – it was like it wasn't just about the group. It wasn't just about Jen. It was about – you know, the girls in the house and the issues that they went through. I think there was, I want to say there was one named Ashley. Is that her name? Yeah. The, the main yeah. one, you know, and the struggles that she was going through, she was stealing and she had a lot of problems and all that. And yeah. I remember thinking, you know, how cool is that, that they're expanding it and kind of bringing out just general issues onto the table that, and it's not just about the fluff, you know, it's very, yeah. um, that's what I thought was so complex was yeah. they addressed some issues that, you know, even at nine, ten years old, I may not have really quite understood completely. Um, mm-hmm. But as an you know, as an adult watching it again, because I watch it because my daughters love it, which is also mm-hmm. really cool to revisit it and have my daughters love it, um, it. It's just neat to see it through an adult pair of eyes and remember oh, yeah. and I remembered it was like it came back to me so quick. The theme song and <laughs> just, oh, my God, all the characters and like the little snippets of the songs and the. Some of the plots, I was just like, Oh my god, I remember being nine, ten years old and watching this and it all just kinda came back. But yeah. so to me it's like, okay, there's something very special about this that I'm able to remember, you know. The
4: the entire show has one hundred and eighty seven music videos. Wow. With wow. with with one hundred and fifty one unique songs.
3: Oh
4: Damn. So, Damn. So Yes, yeah, so, yeah, sixty-five half hours, and that's the other thing with Jim. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Unlike unlike other Sunbow properties, it does not have a morals message at the end of it. Other Sunbow properties did. Uh-huh. He Man and the Masters of the Universe did. She-Ra did. They didn't do the moral message at the end because
1: uh-huh.
4: ha- half the time the episode you learn something during the episode.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um,
4: the the thing with Ashley and the and the Foster girls. I mean. I can relate to that now because when I was 13, I went into custody of the state here in Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, I'm looking at this now as a 34-year-old and I'm like, wow, the 80s really nailed down the whole foster care system kind of thing a little early. Uh Because I'm sure sure there Mm -hmm. have always been foster agencies over the years and stuff, but I didn't really get, you know, I didn't really know about them until you know I, you know we've all seen the milk cartons of of missing kids and all this yeah. and all that and everything else but like until I was actually in it I didn't really get it and this is this show is just showing you what happens when you either don't have parents or you know you're you're in the system and and Jerica really did help a lot of people and she, did. she didn't interfere like like you were saying Eva with with Ashley, she mm-hmm. didn't interfere that that first five parter. She didn't interfere with because Ashley stole the money from the from yep. the from the uh, the pledge jar, the honor yeah. 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 The, they on, all
3: compiled the, the money, yeah.
4: The honor jar. So she stole it, and then instead of Jerica punishing her like a parent would, she said, "Well, you stole from the other girls, so I'm going to let them decide what you're – your punishment should be. So she was hands-on when she needed to be, but she was, she always wanted them to figure stuff out for themselves unless they really did need help.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was very, um, yeah, for its time, it it definitely was different to me than watching Care Bears and Rainbow Bright and My Little Pony and which were all good shows that, you know, it, it wasn't something that I, thought out to watch. Jen was something I thought out to watch. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's why I think it, because it wasn't just, um, girly girl type stuff that wasn't very meaningful. It was, it it was a really, um, there was a point to the show and it just, yeah. And I learned something from every episode, so it was, uh, it was great. Oh.
4: There were, and, and this is kind of a shame, I, I'm actually going to uh, hopefully talk to my uh, contacts at a certain uh, record label and see if they can work this out, but no official Gem soundtrack was ever released.
3: No kidding. How,
4: however, many of the songs were, uh, f- from the first season were on cassettes that came with the dolls of the playsets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's interesting. But like I said, with this DVD set that Shout Factory put out three years ago, I mean all the songs are there in a, in a in a video jukebox. So even if you don't want to sit there and watch the music videos, but you still want to hear the song, you can just turn mm-hmm. it on and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is always that. And then there's uh let's see here. Um hmm. Yeah, but the characters were all well flushed out. They were all very different from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh Let, let's even talk about them a
2: little bit here if we can. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, let's start with Jim and the holograms. Like, Jim and Jerica she's upbeat and positive and they they all pretty much are, but they all have very different personalities. Yeah. Uh Kimber is her sis- is, Je- is sister and she's
2: kind of
0: annoying I'm sure she's... <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to say annoying that's, that's too strong really Adam annoying Adam,
2: but... Adam, you know who Adam, she reminded I'm... me of was she reminded me of skipper from barbie <laughs>
0: yeah uh, okay, just,
2: okay. just the attitude. annoying little annoying little sister annoying little cousin that was there
0: yeah i agree it wasn't at least the episodes that i saw it was just like she was whining i want to be like Jim i you know it just it was like the jealousy and the just the immaturity it just kind yeah. of was like, eh. I can understand it now. I don't have a sister, but I can understand the dynamic, but it was she was a little too whiny, I think, for my taste. um I didn't dislike her, but and she did bring something to the group and to the songs and you know to the thought um but yeah, I agree they they were all very different, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, we had no, I, I know you said we had Kimber uh and Aja. Uh we were talking uh, off off air about uh Shauna. Shana. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Uh
2: Who am I missing? Like I know i Rhea. Raya Rhea is the fifth one. Raya
4: there there was a point in season one where I think it's like I don't remember the exact episode, but it's like the it's after the first five, uh but it's before the end of the season where Shana wanted to kind of something happens in the episode where Shana wants to just focus on her designing mm-hmm. and she wants to design all the, all the new uh, outfits and costumes for, for, for Jim and the hologram. Well, not Jim because hologram, but for the rest of the band. So they do a, they did a 2 part or talent search. I actually think that season. Yeah. It started off season two. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they, they did talent search and they found Rhea and Rhea became not necessarily Shayna's replacement, but she became the next, um, uh, background for, she became the next ho- hologram. The funny thing is, is that this show is so uh, diverse because you have Aja who is a Asian American.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You have Shauna who is an African America and Rhea is a Mexican American. So, yeah. It's very,
2: very uh, diverse. That was kind of a thing. That was kind of a theme, though, throughout the 80s. I mean, you know, I'm going to mention Captain Planet, much as I hated it. uh, Because, I mean, obviously they had everybody from around the world here for that. You know, Gem was kind of doing the same thing. And I I think it was part of that whole mix of, hey, we're all trying to live in harmony type thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we pretty much got we pretty much got the Gem and the Holograms out of the way, um, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you, Mike, because I know that there were the Misfits, and then there were the Stingers.
4: Yes, the Stinger. Misfits are the main girl group that rivals Gem and the Holograms. There was yeah. uh, Pizzazz, Roxy, and Stormer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pizzazz is your typical spoiled rich girl who is the yep. lead vocals mm-hmm. and guitarist. Uh, Roxy is uh is tough as nails bassist who also provides backup vocals. Uh she is a high school dropout from Philadelphia. She was almost completely illiterate until one of the Starlight girls, uh Bonnie, gave her kids a book to learn to read. Mm. Uh, she takes an instant dislike to the new misfit Jetta, and the two are often at odds with each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh you have Stormer, who is the original um, Stormer is voiced by rc susan blue <laughs> oh, wow.
3: oh wow um stormer
4: so... the
0: one with blue hair yeah now was she yeah. the one that was kind of the nice one out of the... she was
4: she was on the fence a lot of the time the yeah. first five or six episodes she there were times where she wanted to be nice and then yeah Zaz kind of smacked her around and said, get your head together or something or other. But, I yeah. kind
0: of remembered that impression that there was one of them, I, and it is Stormer, but yeah, that she just, she wasn't as mean as the other ones and vindictive. And she did have, you know, she was kind of torn between, okay, here's my group and I, I want to be a decent person. But yeah, she kind of got kicked around a lot.
4: Yeah, she doesn't really, uh, she does seem to enjoy causing mostly harmless mischief. Yeah. Uh, she has never really done anything truly malicious to Jim and the Holograms. So no. It's basically Roxy and Pizzazz that are really. Roxy and Pizzazz and then later Jetta. Yeah. Because um, Jetta became the newest misfit when Stormer hears Jetta playing the saxophone in a CD dance club yeah. during a search for new talent.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, Jetta is the conceited pathological liar.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I have a, I have a little interesting tidbit about her. I didn't know if you guys knew this, but she was the the person who did the voice of Jetta, uh, Louise Dorsey, mm-hmm. uh, was the daughter of Ingelbert Humperdinck.
0: No kidding.
2: Yes. That's interesting. Whoa,
0: that is For what it's point. worth.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, here's another interesting point about Jetta. They wanted to add a new misfit, and uh, they wanted to give her... They wanted to make her... Um, uh, you know, British mm-hmm. and Christy Marks didn't really have a whole lot of, you know, input or anything with the voice actors, but she did say that, you know, well, she did ask if they would send her the audition tape so she could hear and maybe say, you know, have some input as to what, cause she, it says it on the, on the DVD set special feature. She didn't want the person to have a, she didn't want it to be an American woman doing a fake Cockney accent. Yeah. And they sent her three audition tapes. The first two were Faye Cockney accents and Louise Dorsey was the third one. She said, yeah, that one. Go with that. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's
2: awesome.
4: It is. Uh, so the Stingers are the male rival group. Now, the Stingers come in in season three, the final season. And by this time starlight house and 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 starlight records they're they 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 need to find a way to keep afloat and they need new talent they need you know fresh faces and whatever else so the stingers come to town and eric raymond also wants to go after them for his because by the third season eric basically is making a deal with uh pizzazz's dad to buy misfit music uh he's going to Rename it Raymond Records. Um,
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Wow.
3: uh,
4: So, so the Stingers. We have Rory Riot Llewellyn. We have Phoebe Mm -hmm. Rapture Ash, and Ingrid Minx uh, Kruger. Uh, Riot uh, is voiced by the Tick Townsend Coleman.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) He's voiced by Michelangelo from 1987 Turtles. Oh no way.
3: Yes. Oh,
2: wow. I'm like I'm looking at the name. I'm going Townsend Coleman. What? Oh my God! What else has he done? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's cool. Yeah. Uh Oh, and and okay, Minx, uh Ingrid Minx Kurger was done by uh, Kath Susie and yep. and I'm sorry, I, I I'm drawing a blank on Kath Susie What else has she done?
4: She's done a ton of stuff. Anything oh, really? in animation you can think of, she's done it. Um, let's see. She was in. Uh, Kim Possible, A Stitch in Time as a preschool teacher. She was in Wreck-It Ralph for additional voices. She was in uh, Trumpet of the Swan in 2001. Um, Mickey's Magical Christmas, known in the House of Mouse as Kanga. Oh, that's right. She voiced Kanga, oh. Rue's mother. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. like,
4: she was, um, she was uh, Perdita, the voice of Perdita in 101 Dalmatians uh-huh. 2, Patches London Adventure. Um, uh, let's see, animated television. Uh, she was uh, additional voices in The Smurfs. Uh, she was ARF slash Mrs. Vanderspiff in Pound Puppies in '87. Uh, she was Janine from The Real Ghostbusters in '87 and '91. Okay,
2: that's why I remember oh. her. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. That's where.
4: She's, she's been everywhere. Oh so my gosh!
2: Yeah. This is uh, this is why I like dealing with voice actors because you get they're <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. She was
4: actually this is really awesome. She was actually Fifi La Fume and Little Sneezer in Tiny <gasps> Toon Adventures.
2: Oh my god, really? Yep.
4: Yeah. Wow. You know, D- Doug. It's funny you mentioned uh, powers combining because she was Linka in Captain Planet. Oh my god,
2: that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh. The awful, the awful Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> she cool. was uh she
4: was harley and biker mice from mars oh. uh she
2: was
4: um <laughs> she was evelyn slash the dragon lady in the mask the animated series from 95 to 97 she was she's done her credits are just everywhere more recently she's um She's Rainbow Dash, Starfire, Magic Magic Marker Boy in, in the Curtain series Mad. Uh, she uh, does various guest voices on the current Pound Puppies uh, on the on the hub. She mm-hmm. was uh, Countess Cassandra in Winx Club. Oh, wow. I never uh, got that was, is. <laughs> she was Mon Mothma in Star Wars The Clone Wars. No way.
2: Wow. Yep oh my god I'm gonna have like I I really I really should know more about Kathy Susie this is awful (laughs) Uh, yeah she's done
4: a bunch of stuff um but yeah the misfits I I have to I'm actually in the process I, I I've watched the first seven or eight episodes before we did this episode of the podcast and I'm actually in the process of I'm going to watch all 65 within the next month because oh. I I haven't seen it in so long and I want yeah. to get the whole story. I will say I, I just for the purposes of the podcast I did go back and I watched the final episode of the series and it's not it, it's because back then let's face it cartoons and television didn't really have like true season finales like we get now like cliffhangers or. Yeah. or Full, full, you know, full closure kind of things. Yeah. And the final episode is basically a, a, another episode. It's focusing on one of the Starlight Girls, uh, Bonnie. Um, but it's it's interesting. It's nice. I, I kind of was hoping that there would be a little bit more of a conclusion. Um, yeah, of a, 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 yeah. a conclusion. But I, I I understand why there isn't because the '80s it wasn't like. They didn't think of that back then to do that. Um,
0: so three seasons, right? So it ran from yep. like 85 to 88. See, I don't even remember the 88. I was 12. And mm-hmm. I the, the, the funny thing is I only remember seeing it like, you know, watching it from maybe like age nine, eight, nine and 10. But I don't know if I even really saw the third. I remember Bonnie. I'm yeah. pretty yeah. sure. Was she was she a black girl?
4: No, she was. I think she was Asian. I could be wrong.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah.
4: Um, I mean, I kind yeah. of love the
2: stingers coming in, but that I was kind of
0: it. yeah. It's like it's very fuzzy. The whole like when you mentioned the stingers, I was like, nah, that, that sounds familiar, but I'm not picturing the characters in my head. And that was season three that they came in. Yeah. I'm wondering if I just didn't really see much of season three. So that that's something I want to go out and get the DVD set too, and and sit and watch all of them because I. I really do remember like season one and season two, but season three, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Now Bummer. I have to bring up one other person that we've mentioned who the character is, but we haven't actually mentioned the voice actor behind him. Cause uh-huh. I love this guy. He's one of my favorite actors, favorite voice actors out there. Are uh, No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, he's, oh. I know who he's talking about <laughs> the, the guy who played the villain, Eric Raymond,
0: yeah. Eric Raymond. Okay. <laughs>
2: His, his The guy who played the voice of Eric Raymond was Charlie Adler. Yep.
0: The name sounds familiar. Okay,
2: Charlie Adler. He was uh, Buster Bunny. Tiny Toons. From Tiny Toons. He was okay. uh, the big red guy, cow and chicken on Cow and Chicken.
0: Oh, my yeah. gosh.
2: Uh, and that's where I remember him from most. Because yeah. I remember seeing him on Cartoon Network once, back when Cartoon Network still showed cartoons. Right. Uh, <laughs> and he was it was him. Doing a whole talk about how he did the different voices between cow and chicken and how he was trying to make cow this cute, you know, this cute cow and chicken was kind of this, you know, miserable, dumb chicken type of thing. And then he had the big red guy who was supposed to be this, you know, he he had bad diction when he was a kid and his teachers always told him that he had to learn to speak better. And so he kind of created the big red guy out of that. And Mm -hmm. so to see that, I was kind of like, wow, this guy is pretty impressive. So yeah. I always had this thing, and that's kind of really where I got my interest for voice actors was from uh, was from seeing Charlie Adler do this little, you know, minute blurb on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. So I always every time I see his name being bantered about here, I'm always focusing, going, like, "Oh, Charlie Adler! What else has he done?"
3: I was <laughs> going to
0: ask that. What
2: else has he done? Uh, uh, he's uh, oh god, it's so his voice numerous. That
0: sounds familiar. Uh, Come to think of it, now that I'm.
2: Yeah. yeah. I gotta look yeah, it up. I, I mean, mean those are the only those are the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. Now I'm gonna have to look. Uh, <laughs> let's see.
3: Uh,
4: he was uh Arab in DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Oh, okay. He was uh Low Light in the G. I. Joe movie, uh uh-huh. back in the eighties. He was uh uh let's see, he was the inspector in Rugrats in Paris, he was uh, the United Express driver in Rugrats. Um uh, he was Spike in My Little Pony. Oh.
2: He was... Uh, He's been Bulldog on Marvel's Avengers Assemble.
4: Yep. Uh,
2: let's see. He was
4: Dripple in uh, Tom and Jerry Kids. Droopy's son, mm-hmm. Dribble. Uh-huh. Uh, he was Major Trenchrot, Rot, uh, Loophole Guard, Female Cute Little Lost Bunny, uh, in Darkwing Duck. He was the Magician's Hat in Goof Troop. He was mm-hmm. Granny and Eek the Cat. Uh, he was T Bone. Oh my God, he's the voice of T Bone in SWAT Cats, dude. Seriously. <sighs>
3: oh wow. <Yeah.
4: laughs> How did we miss that? <laughs> uh, he was uh, Snively, Kin tobar in Sonic the Hedgehog. He was the um, he was Irwin and Timon and
3: Pumbaa.
4: Mhm. Uh, he was Se in The Tick.
2: Oh God. Uh, I, mean, he, his... I mean, he's. Done. uh, It it just reads like, you know... (laughs) I'm looking here, I'm seeing, you know... Oh, I I completely forgot about... He was I.R. Baboon in I Am Weasel, too. Yep. Wow. Uh, Let me see... He was uh, uh, Cobra
4: Commander, Buzzer, and Monkey Wrench in G.I. Joe Renegades recently in the last couple of years. Uh, He was Candy Camarella in Space Goofs.
2: He was General Malise and Ozzy and Drix. I mean, he's done a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, just eh. this is why I like him so much. He just, he is, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of, you know, Rob Paulson or uh, Frank Welker, you know, big names for voice acting that a lot of people don't know because they just don't know who the faces are behind the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I really have to stand up and say that that's something that if you guys ever have a chance, sit down and watch, I know that voice, because it will really open yeah. your eyes to the back oh, yeah. of voice actors. Very cool. Yeah. I just
4: watched... Um, he, he did an interview with... Uh, he was on that show uh, VO Buzz Weekly with Chuck Duran and Stacey J. Aswad uh, last year, and I just watched that episode this past weekend, and it's it's interesting how he talks about... How he came up with the voice for Cow, Chicken, and the Red Guy, and he actually goes through with them what each voice sounds like and and how different they all are from each other. Yeah, hmm. it's Sorry. it's very very
2: awesome. Alrighty, um, oh, he's he's definitely he's definitely made his rounds. That's for mm-hmm. certain. <laughs> very cool. Uh. So I think that pretty much covers our cast here because we pretty much knocked them out. The the only thing I do want to mention here with the cast is that the one big thing that I noticed, the singing voices for all of the music videos. Mm Mm-hmm. They were all different from the actual yeah. voice actors.
0: I was just going to ask about that. That was one of the questions yeah. I had, with did the voice actors do the singing? Ah, uh, okay.
4: No, they didn't. Uh, for okay. Jim, uh, she was voiced by Samantha Newark. The singing voice was recorded by Britta Phillips. Uh, for Kimber, the singing voice was Florence Warner. For uh, Aja and the rest don't have singing voices. For uh, Pizzazz, for The Misfits... Uh, the singing voice was Ellen Benfield. And the interesting thing about that is they actually cast, and Patricia, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Patricia actually, P- Patricia Albrecht actually says this on the DVD set. She says the reason why she got cast as the voice of Fizzazz is because her voice sounded so much like, her talking voice sounded so much like the singer's voice singing oh, songs. Uh-huh.
3: Um...
0: Yeah, there was a kind it's, of a sharpness to it. I guess is the only way I can really describe it. It was very yeah. very distinctive, yeah.
4: Yeah. The singing voice for um <laughs> the singing voice for uh Riot was Gordon Grody. Uh the mm-hmm. singing voice for Rapture was Vicky Sue Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who did uh Turn the Beat Around.
0: Yes, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, the name sounded familiar. <laughs>
4: She also cool. did, she did the voices, the, the singing voices for both Rapture and Minx from, from the, uh, from the Misfits.
0: Cool.
4: Um, now the interesting thing, one thing we didn't mention with the, uh, which I'm trying to see if he actually has, huh, uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Um, one thing we didn't really mention about this was Rio, uh, was and the fact say. that yeah. Yeah. Michael Sheehan voiced him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to pull him up here. Um, I mean, this guy has done everything.
0: I was just going to uh, mention he... Rio. I thought, did we cover Rio? Okay. Uh,
4: he was in. Uh, he was in Gremlins.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh
4: huh. He was in um, Dragon's Lair. Let's see. Night. He was in Night Court on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was. Um,
2: he was Jose in Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh, oh, wow, he was... I, I know you don't do anime all that much, Mike, but I remember mm-hmm. seeing Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, and he was in oh, that. Yeah. Uh, he was the fencing master. Hmm. You
4: want to... <laughs> well, he wasn't the original voice, but... No. In, uh, no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm not talking about your, your part. I'm talking about this next one. In 80 to 81, uh, of course, he wasn't the original voice of the character, but... In the Flintstones comedy show, he was the voice of Bam Bam.
2: Yes. That was, that was when Bam Bam was growing up, if I remember correctly.
4: I think so, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, he, uh, his voice is real. And the funny thing is on the DVD set, he's like, you know, back then, you know, I was old enough to be Samantha Newark's father. And here I am playing her love interest. And that's kind of, uh. <laughs> but But... Uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, his voice as Rio really fit well with the rest of
2: the cast. It I really, think so really too.
0: Fit. I think so too. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it's. I, I'm glad that they got him to do it. Just, it's. I don't know who else they could have done it with. You know, I mean. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I mean. Oh, my God. Okay. I found something that he did, he was additional voices. For one of the most hated shows of the '80s. Uh, which one? Challenge of the Gobots.
0: Oh, really?
2: They're the blue. They're the Kmart of the Transformers world. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, they oh are. My
0: God. Oh. Um, he was in that, huh?
2: Yeah, he did yeah. additional voices, which I think that's one of those shows that Frank Welker really wishes would have would just be forgotten.
0: <laughs> oh boy.
2: We'll have to we'll have to cover that one and rip it to shreds. Because yes, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I tried to watch the movie a while back, and I remember going to see <laughs> it in the theaters as a kid, and was like, "This is you know." I, I remember getting all excited to go see it in the theaters, and when I was a kid, it was decent. And then I kind of watched it again. And I'm like, "Oh God." Yes. But that's um, a whole other podcast.
4: Exactly. Now, so- something that, before we move off the cast here, I was I was going through IMDb looking at the other cast, like the, not necessarily non-essential cast members, but the other cast. Right. And something really interesting is here. We have Neil Ross as Howard Sands. Neil Ross also voiced Springer in Transformers. He was also uh, Keith uh, Red Lion, or not, uh, not, not, uh, Keith, uh, Commander Keith from Voltron. Yes. Um, You know, you've got Dan Gilvezan, friggin' Bumblebee and Spider-Man as Fitzgerald (sighs) Beck.
2: Now, I I, I, I hate to interrupt real quick, but I do want to bring a mention up for Neil Ross because I met the guy. I didn't realize this. He actually used to work at KCBQ Radio in Santee where I used to live. (laughs) uh unfortunately it's no longer there but they have a memorial for the kcbq radio station am 1170 here in san diego Mm -hmm. and his name along with uh oh god Sonny fox uh i'm trying to think that uh tony uh, oh god he was the voice of tony the tiger for a while uh shotgun tom kelly all these big radio names that came out of san diego he's one of them there and he was you know going on about Keith. He actually was at Comic Con last year and did that. And then he made mention of KCBQ and I'm like, holy crap, I remember meeting him now. <laughs> wow, <that's laughs> cool. You know, you see the, you um, see these guys coming out of this little office that's right there and it's like, oh <laughs> very neat. Yeah. Now
4: the other interesting thing and I think this might be the only I'm trying to look here Okay, voice director, let's see, Miscellaneous Crew, I'm trying to see if he had any other uh, job, I'm trying to see if he had any other credits other than this, Um, but it's interesting to me, and again, this is one of the reasons why I want to go back and watch them, but uh, famed voice director. The guy that made you sit there for 8 to 12 hour sessions because he wanted every line the way he did it. Okay. The way that he wanted it done, Wally Burr, was oh. the voice of Jerrica's father, Emmett oh. Benton. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to look in here and, and see if he has done other... Um, I'm trying to see if he's done any other... Uh, let's see, Actor TV, he was...
0: His voice
3: sounds
4: um,
0: familiar too, come to think of it. I'm wondering, yeah.
4: yeah. He was... uh, Now, these are all uncredited, but it says he was Thundercracker in Transformers Uh, in the episode War Dawn. It says that um, he was uh, uh, Captain Lucroff in G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's done... He was the Atom in Super Friends... Oh God!
2: Super
3: friend.
4: <laughs> he was, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was
2: eighty-three. He was jazz apparently for a little while. Well,
4: yeah, because I think by that point, um, I think by that point, uh, Scatman had passed away.
2: Oh, okay. I I'm... think. Let me just double check. Yeah, because I'm looking. I'm like, no way, no, 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 no. no, no. I, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh,
4: uh, where's Scatman? is Transformers
2: Falls? Oh wow, Trap. he was in the original gun in sixty seconds too. He was the voice of the wow. male police dispatcher uh from oh, the seventy-four maybe. version of it. Ah. Oh, interesting.
4: Um yeah. let's see here. Yeah. Uh so uh, when when was War Dawn? War Dawn? was um uh War Dawn was eighty five, Scatman passed away. In '86, so maybe Scatman was on his deathbed or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe oh, wow. he would, he had gotten too sick uh, to do it. Uh, but it does say here that Wally is uncredited as Jazz. Yeah, uh, he's uncredited as Thundercracker from the actual show. But I just found it interesting that they got the guy. Yeah, <laughs> the, you yeah. Know, um, uh, Ed Gilbert was the voice of Dirk Hayes in this for Jim. Mm-hmm uh ed gilbert uh rescuers down under uh transformers the movie uh he was uh let's see he was uh uh, trying to see if there's an additional character but there isn't uh he was the voice of durmamu in the 90s spider-man cartoon
3: oh wow Mm, Yeah,
4: yeah that ed gilbert so very very awesome um, but yeah, no, amazing cast for this series
2: really, really is,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: you know, I really nope. got to stand up and say, I mean, this for being the eighties, Sunbow really did do a decent job of putting out programming for kids. I, I mean,
3: so,
2: and I kind of wonder some of that, if it was just because there was so much of parents, you know, saying, Hey, this is just a half hour talking, you know, talking cartoon, talking commercial for selling toys.
3: Mm hmm.
2: And I think I wonder if that's really why they started doing some of the good stories that were behind some of the stuff.
3: You
0: know, that's a good qu- question. And actually, I was just thinking, too, about the stories and how in depth they were. And, you know, I I have faint memories of even my mom sitting and watching it with me. And it's almost like it had kind of, a you know, like a lot of shows do today where they have like the adult humor mixed in with. You know, the kid humor, so both oh, yeah. levels get it. I kind of think Jim was that same way. From the episodes that I've seen again and revisited with my kids, um, mm. there were a lot of levels to it that I might not have necessarily got as a kid, but I understand now. So it's, you know, that made it, you know, looking at it again, 30, almost 30 years later. My God, I feel old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 it's it's kind of neat to see you know, to kind of experience it, it, you know, this many years later. And uh, there was kind of a dual level to it. It was very,
4: yeah, very
0: was. well done. Very well done.
4: So I think before we give our final thoughts or unless, do we have anything else we want to bring up, Doug?
2: Well, I got a couple of trivia bits I wanted to bring up. Okay. Because I know yeah. that you mentioned that uh, Gem was originally named M. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason that they changed it from M to Jem uh, was that they were trying to avoid copyright issues with MTV.
3: Oh. MTV was going to be, you know, oh.
2: what do you think you're doing? You know, yes. I, I, I get that.
3: That
0: makes sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, let me see. You've already mentioned about Christy Marks talking about uh, the names being chosen. Oh, yeah. I happened to catch this here in, in one of the episodes that I was watching, and I kind of had to laugh at it. Uh, when you see them, there's a scene where some people are watching television screens uh, mm-hmm. like on the streets are looking into a, uh, they're looking into a, uh, store on one of the screens. You see a news report of an attack by the inhumanoids Yeah, in- <laughs> in- <laughs> in- and inhumanoids was actually another Sunbow production. So it was kind of this little oh. blur that they put in just as a little joke.
0: <laughs> oh, how about that? Yeah. Well,
4: okay. the other thing that kind of ties all the Sunbow shows together is, uh, uh, the fact that uh reporter uh Hector Ramirez has appeared in multiple Sunbo shows. He mm-hmm. appeared in G.I. Joe, uh in Humanoids and the Transformers.
2: Yes. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very so, cool. Uh now I I know that there was mention at one time of a gem live action movie.
3: Really?
4: I don't know if it was going to be live action oh. because the the trivia bit says that they scrapped it because the Transformers and GI Joe movies underperformed at the box office, and what I assume by that it was it meant the animated movies. Oh. So I'm not sure if it was going to be live action.
3: Oh, it'd be um, so cool!
0: If it
4: would have been, it would have been interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't either know either way. Have,
4: I
2: don't know who they would have gotten to do it. You know, um. just. Uh, Probably
4: Nicole Kidman
2: or somebody. Oh, God. No. no it would no, be,
0: no. be... Yeah, for Jim, it would be... I'm thinking Cameron Diaz. That was the first thing that popped in my oh, head. No. No. Oh,
4: no. We no. Don't, no. We, we don't need comedy, thank you. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, you know, I mean...
3: Yeah.
0: I,
4: we don't we don't need the fact that mary had something stuck in her hair
0: yeah i'm right (laughs) you know a blonde actress that's kind of perky (laughs) but yeah Yeah. you know either way like if they did a you know cartoon remake movie or a live action i think it'd be so neat and i mean i'll say this loud and proud Jim was my hero and she still kind of is you know it's just and yeah, I know so yeah. many girls, you know, women that feel the same way. Jem is my hero. Oh my God. I love that show. I think that it would be, I mean, they're recycling so many things nowadays anyway yeah. that they really should. I don't know if it, do you guys know if there's anything that like talks about it being in, in production that they're actually going to uh, make a Gem no. movie?
3: No, God, I so
0: actually,
4: I, I, I had asked Christy and I think it was in the first interview, I had asked her, I think, at the end of the interview, if it was ever to be like, if if they, you know, went back to her and approached her again to, to recreate Jim for the twenty first century. I asked her, and she said she said she wasn't going to tell me, which is fine. I don't expect yeah. her to.
3: Yeah. I asked
4: her. I said, so how you know, if they ever came to you and said we want to redo Jim, you know, how would you do it? How would you update her yeah. from the eighties? And she said she knew. Exactly how she would do it, but she wasn't going to tell. Oh, um, yeah. But it would be so, so interesting to see. That. Especially now. Like, it, you know, this is something I'm glad I didn't forget to bring up here. Uh, look at Jim and the Holograms. And then look at American Idol, The Voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, America's Top Model. Look at all the kind of re- singing and modeling reality shows now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's... It's ripe for a gym comeback. I mean, really, seriously. You know, some some of these, you know, people that are, you know, oh. Kelly Clarkson and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you know, and, and all these people that have won these contests over the last, God, how long has American Idol gone now? 14, 15 years? Yeah. like that. yeah. About, mm-hmm. oh, you know, so it would be really interesting to me to see if they, whether it was, you um, an animated film, a cartoon series or, you know, whatever. What what I am happy about is that, uh, uh, Gem is owned by Hasbro who owns mm-hmm. The Hub so if a Gem cartoon mm-hmm. did come back it would be on The Hub and yep. it would somehow succeed unlike, you know, a certain cartoon network that doesn't let any superhero cartoon succeed on their network. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's yeah. not go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Um anything else you want to bring up, Doug? Any oh, other trivia bits? I did find here I found it, what I was looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. Given the recent success of G.I. Joe and Transformers, Hasbro has been rumored to be considering a live action movie with Universal Studios for Jem, really? with which Hasbro has signed a six movie contract in 2010. Or oh. possibly a new incarnation of the animated series. Uh-huh. Now, whether the animated series actually comes about, I don't know, but I sure as, sure as shit hope that if they ever do that, that they bring Christy Marx back for it. That oh yeah, awesome. that would be yeah. so awesome. You know, so I, I couldn't see anybody but her writing stuff for it. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Oh, that'd yeah. be so neat. I hope that, that that would
2: be so great.
0: I hope that that really does come to fruition because, oh my gosh, it would make a whole new generation of girls. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 12 year old, a five year old and a four year old and they, abs- they all will sit and watch the show and they're just transfixed by it. And it's like, I remember being that age too. Well, I was eight when it came out. Um, and just falling in love with it from the very first episode. But it's neat to see, because with a 12-year-old and a 4-year-old, there's very little that they have in common. So it's, you know, (laughs) very, very little. And this is one show that they will actually sit and watch and, and rock out to together, and it's so neat to see that, you know? I think it would be an amazing thing for, you know, girls of today to be able to experience it, no matter what form it takes, I think. I think it needs to happen
2: i I would really like to see it come back and, and make have have more of a presence again. My only hope, my only prayer is that it does not end up with Miley Cyrus having anything to do oh. with it
3: no, oh God. i i
4: don't think I don't think that they would do that I really don't um, I, yeah. I, I don't think they would do that uh, oh. they would go for someone like I'm trying to think current they might like go Carrie for some,
0: like maybe carry Underwood? Who, um,
4: maybe i maybe for the singing voice, but I'm not yeah. sure see that's the thing. It's like if you're gonna create a gem live action movie, how can you get the singing and the voice to not necessarily match each other but sound somewhat similar and I'm trying yeah. to think of like I'm trying to think of how Samantha Newark did her voice mm-hmm. and how someone could sound like her a little bit. maybe it would be different. The only person I can really think of right now as of 2014 is probably Emma Stone cuz she has that a, 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 a little Ooh. a little bit of that raspiness in in her voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that would be interesting, but so, yeah. I, I don't know. I would actually prefer if Jim came back as a cartoon series on the hub or if it came back in uh, direct to DVD or direct to Netflix or whatever.
2: Yeah animated movies they they Probably. really should i mean there's there's definitely an interest in it we can see that you know a lot of the 80s stuff is coming back look at you know transformers prime my little pony friendship is magic i i know you don't care too much for my little pony mike but
4: <sighs> still no no no, no 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 here let me set this record straight on this i didn't care about it in the 80s yeah i don't necessarily like or dislike it now i've seen i think the first how many episodes of season one have I watched of Friendship is Mad? I've seen enough of the episodes from season one that it's okay. It's I don't, okay. I don't, yeah,
3: yeah. I don't
4: I don't hate it, but at the same time, I don't like it. I I I don't love it. Yeah. No, uh, you're, not just certain,
0: you're not a brony. You're not a brony.
4: Hell no. There's just certain <laughs> things about that show that just don't make any like I get it. They want the characters to uh animate well and be emotive but i'm sorry there's no way any kind of horse is going to spread eagle there's just some things in that show how 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 the ponies will jump up and do the 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 freeze frame pose and it'll be all four of their legs just plastered out to the sky like they're you know well, like I said, it's really just, it just doesn't. It's but the funny. voice cast is great. Yeah. The characters are, are really good. Um, I, it's just not my thing. Oh, I know. It really, really isn't. I, it's not that I... What I dislike is the old stuff, because oh. as a kid I was I was into the boys' stuff, because I'm a guy, you know. I mean, that's really what I dislike, is, is the old stuff. But yeah. at the same time, I still don't give a rip either way about the old show, so... <laughs> um let's see here i think we're gonna take a quick musical interlude i will play some tracks from the jukebox dvd set and we'll be back after this
1: we'll be right back after these messages
4: back here on Talking About My Generation, and this is going to be a completely different episode as far as the format goes, because as Doug said at the beginning of the show, I hijacked it.
3: (laughs) Uh, I hope you you enjoyed that
4: uh, (laughs) that musical interlude. Uh, Okay, Eva, you've got some questions. What do you got?
0: I do. Okay. Um, I do remember pretty clearly uh, season one and most of season two, I'd have to say. Again, I think, you know, on the hub, I'm not sure if they play the episodes in order. And I know I've probably missed some. Um, I do have my DVR set to record them, but I had a question about how it ended. Did Rio ever find out that Gem, that Jericho was Jem?
4: See, cause there was no actual season finale or series uh-huh. finale. Cause that, like uh-huh. I was mentioning earlier uh, that that last episode was about Bonnie and, mm. and, and her having and wanting a father um, or finding her father. I actually don't remember. I don't, I know as of the stingers hit town, which is in season three,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, that
4: two parter, he does not know. He does not know the secret. I don't think he ever did find out.
0: I Um, I didn't think so either, but I thought I'd pose that question. And if any listeners know, I would really like to know because honestly, season three to me is a kind of a blur. I remember the stingers very faintly. Um, but that was the whole gist of the show was Jerrica and Jem, had, you know, keeping yeah. this whole thing from Rio. And then wasn't there like a romantic thing between Rio and Jem too? And it yeah, just, it's, yeah.
4: Yeah, there's a huge. Lo- there, there are two. There's one huge love triangle between Jerrica, Jem, and Rio. Yeah, and, and
0: that's why I was kind of. I know there was a couple of times that I remember seeing the episodes where she was so close to telling Rio that she was Jem, and yeah. something, you know, something kept her back from doing that. But I remember even with a kid going rio's a freaking idiot you know just like <laughs> how, how in the hell can he not know you know even again gem was a hologram but then you mentioned earlier that she did brush up and have contact with people yeah you know but i'm just you know obviously rio kissed her i'm just like ugh, wouldn't yeah, he
4: have known i don't know how the like the way that I envision the holograms as far as the technology of synergy is that it's um, Doug, you'll, you'll get this, but it's basically hard light constructs. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's basically great. It's, it's basically green lantern, but it's pink.
3: Okay. You know,
4: it's the, oh, it's the only way I can really assume that it is that way. I don't know if it is that way mm-hmm. indefinitely, but, I always thought when the gem image was projected onto Jerrica that it was just just Jerica yeah. being jam you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So that's right. That's you know, what I thought too. And I was like, why couldn't Rio get this? I don't know. <laughs> Damn, he's an it, idiot. But, it's, you know,
4: it's kind of like, why does no one realize that, that Clark Kent and Superman are the same guy?
3: Exactly, well, exactly. One guy wears <laughs> and glasses myself, and the other doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, another thing
0: too is that even as a kid, you know how they kept like whenever there was an event with Jem and Jerrica there and like Jerrica would run off and then Jem would be there and then Jem would run off and Jerrica would be there and there was constantly, you know, you couldn't see them together. I'm thinking yes. to myself, my God, Jem and Jerrica are never together. It would have probably, you know, and I'm reasonably intelligent. It probably would have given me maybe about a week of that before I was like, okay, what the hell? Why aren't these two women ever together? There's something a little weird about that. And then Rio, maybe taking it one step further and going, gee, okay, they're not together. Um, could it be? You know, could it be that they're the same woman? I To me, it just seemed a little far-fetched. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you, you really didn't know? Uh, See, or I, always, I always thought
4: it would have been beneficial since Rio is their road manager, since he right. handles all the technical stuff. I thought mm-hmm. it would have been beneficial at some point close to the end of the series that they would have uh, done, you know, let him in on the secret. Yeah. Now, I don't Know if if Christy Marks would do that, you know, in a version nowadays, um, but you never know. It always
0: bugged me. It's just like, why yeah. not? What was the, you know, what was the whole premise behind keeping that from him? I don't understand even now why. I maybe yeah. is it because it was just mo- the more people that know the, you know, it's, you know, kind of a thing about having it leak out. I mean, but Rio was an important. Thing. And I, I just, yeah, I remember, like, seeing, you know, episodes where he's, like, you know, kissing up to Jim and all this. And I'm just, like, you know, he's kind of, you know, it's crappy that he's kind of cheating on Jerica, But he's cheating he's, with the same girl. Yeah, it's
3: <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of exactly. weird.
0: It's, like, why didn't they just freaking tell him? I don't understand. Um, so that's something I've pondered for the last 30 years. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think what else... Um, Oh, okay. The dynamic between, now that I know that Eric Raymond had a big chunk of Starlight Music. Now, he was obvious, was he the Misfits manager, too? Yes,
3: yes, yes. Okay,
0: so was he, basically, his interest was to promote the Misfits. The Misfits. But yet, he owned Starlight Music, so was the Misfits part of Starlight Music, too, or did they have their own...
4: in the beginning they were he was going to sign them to Starlight and that's how the whole Battle of the Bands thing came up.
3: Yeah. yeah. And then
4: and then Jerica and or Gem and the Holograms won Battle of the Bands I and remember. then it you know mm-hmm. after that Eric created or he didn't create uh, uh possesses father uh gave them the use of Misfits music of this company and then later on down the line, he uh, Eric made a deal with, with Pizzazz's father to basically be in charge of the music thing and that's what happens in season 3 close to where the Stingers come in
2: Yeah, because doesn't he change the name like Stinger Sound to try and get the Stingers yeah. to come in Oh, okay
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that was something that really...
0: always I'm sorry
2: yeah. No, because that that was, it was really going to be uh, uh...
4: a <laughs> It was originally going to be Raymond Records but he changed oh. it to he changed it to Stinger Sound to oh, okay to get the Stingers over to his side.
0: Yeah. God. That whole dynamic was kind of unclear to me as a kid. Like, what? I knew that he was the manager of the Misfits, but I wasn't quite sure how that tied into you know, and I understood about the rivalry and everything, but it just kind of there was a missing piece somewhere that I didn't quite understand so thank you And i'm trying to think what other oh i have to say okay just a very fond memory
3: mm-hmm. again
0: i mentioned that it you know came out when i was eight nine years old and i did have I, I was very proud to be Jim one halloween and i still remember it it was a god-awful costume uh,
3: <laughs> it's like a
0: plastic like I think it was a plastic dress that like had Velcro in the back and then it had a little attached fringe skirt. And then it was like a face mask that looked nothing like gem. And I remember being pissed because it didn't come with the earrings. And I remember like, <laughs> I, I was like, God, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, this is not gem. This is bull crap. You know, I'm, I'm walking around with this crappy face mask and this plastic dress and there's no freaking earrings. Come on. So, yeah, I, I remember that fondly and, and just, yeah, they, they had this thing, and it, it actually, I had totally forgotten about this until thinking about Jem and my memories of Jem. There was a thing that Doug had mentioned earlier about like some sort of girly thing, like exercising thing or whatever. Yeah. That was out. If memory serves me correctly, if we're talking about the same thing, it was a product called Get in Shape Girl. Yes. And, I, and I had it, and i it was like a floor mat and leg warmers and little weights and uh, what else was there? Like a little cassette tape that you could listen to workout music. And it was all like exercise, you know, geared for exercise or whatever. And I remember I had this Get in Shape Girl thing, and I rocked it. And I remember, like, dancing along and exercises, like, aerobics and stuff to the songs, to Jem, and just thinking I was the shit, you know. And I, I believe my mother actually caught it on videotape one time, me rocking out to it shaking <laughs> my booty. So, <laughs> I just, it was one of those things that, like, I had totally forgotten about Get In Shape, Girl, until thinking about Jem and thinking about that time period. And I, I would sit there, my brother would be sitting there next to me, giving me kind of, like, what the fuck look on his face. And I, I'd be just, you know, shaking my booty to it and just singing along. And, but yeah, I totally had forgotten about that. So yeah, it was kind of neat to revisit that memory of that. Um, and yeah, the costume without the earrings pissed me off. Um, I'm trying to think just, I just remember just a lot of fond memories of that show and of that particular time. And it's, Yeah. I, I'm so glad that they have it on hub now that, you know, my kids can see it. And it's one of those things that's, you know, and even my little pony, I had to explain to the girls, that this is not the, my little pony I grew up with. It's, you know, it's, it's much different and not necessarily in a good way. So I actually went out and I have like the, my little pony movie from 1985 and I I've shown them, how, you know, the first generation, my little pony versus the third or fourth generation and how it's evolved and, you know, they like the older ones. They're like, you know, they were prettier ponies. Cause right now they're so cartoony. In my opinion, they don't really look like ponies. I, it bugs me. That's flash um,
2: animation for you. Yeah.
0: I, I don't like it. Um, you know, I like the more realistic look. Um, but you know, just seeing them just kind of, you know, it's neat that they're experiencing it, but it's completely different, you know? So this is the actual authentic gem that they're getting to experience. And it's, Yeah, I I love it I love that and I really hope that if they do bring it back that they don't change it to the point where it's you know you know it has to stay the same it has to stay you know with maybe some changes to make it more modern but um, to make it recognizable for the old folk like us who (laughs) you know who grew up with this and have those memories so
2: I'm going to say this about Jem is that I, if I had kids, you know, we're, we're trying, but I don't have kids yet, mm-hmm. but, yeah. uh, I would stand up and say that I would feel much happier letting my kids watch something like gem because of the positive messages that it actually has. Yes. yes. I would much rather have girls watch gem than some of the other stuff that's out there now.
0: Oh, totally.
3: Absolutely. You know,
2: yeah. uh, this, this just stands head and shoulders above so much other stuff that I've ever seen. And yep. you know, looking back on it as a thirty six year old adult, I'm pretty damn impressed with the storylines. I'm I'm impressed oh. with how well this thing was put together. That mm-hmm. you know, everybody came together and you see you do get the lessons that were trying to be taught there. And it was it was not an in your face, you know no. knowing is half the battle type thing. It yeah. wasn't a, you know, the more you know little tidbit from NBC Yeah. It was. (laughs) Yeah, right. You guys guys know what I'm talking about. Totally. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. You know, it was a learning experience throughout the entire episode. Yeah. You know, and you didn't get the feeling like it was a, on a very special episode of this show, you know, you're going to learn about kids getting sexually molested or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: You know, it it, flowed very well,
0: and it was very. it just yeah, it brought a lot of maturity to I guess that's the word I'm looking for it was it was a very mature show for what it was, and you know it was geared for you know kids of you know eight nine ten eleven twelve um and that's what I liked about it, and that's what I like about it now. It's just the maturity of it, and just yeah it's some you know the Rio thing you know kind of cheating on Jerrica. You know, yeah. Like, well, you know, you I know. Mean, that's
4: that, that's the standard staple of any kind of love triangle exactly. half the time. Exactly. You know, I you know, especially with you know a secret identity kind of thing. I mean yeah, you know, exactly. lo- <laughs> like I said, look at Look at Lois Lane, Clark Kent, and Superman. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. (laughs) Um, I'm surprised that Doug didn't bring this up, but in 2012, Integrity Toys released a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive 12-inch new gem doll.
2: Yeah. I I actually remember seeing them there, and it was absolutely (laughs) crazy. What scared me was that I was seeing guys walk in and buy you know, eight or 10 of these things at one time guys. Okay. Not, not, you know, women going in there guys. And they were like, Oh my God, I got Jim. I got Jim. I got the misfits. Now, here's, uh. the, here's
4: the thing about this doll. I don't know if it's still around. I don't know if Integrity actually sells it. I'm sure you could probably find it on eBay, but it's probably going to be for ridiculous, stupid prices. But the price of it when it came out in 2012 for San Diego Comic-Con was $125. So if you saw guys buying eight of these, they're dropping $1,000 on Jam. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, um, just really quickly, some details. Uh about the about the doll, fully articulated, highly detailed, twelve-inch fashion doll with cotton candy pink hair and hand-applied eyelashes, uh, screen-accurate costume with uh, couture-like finish, uh, miniature gem star earrings, miniature Hollywood star award plaque, uh, shoes, bracelets, and realistic microphone and stand. Doll stand, instructions, souvenir postcard, and certificate of of authenticity. Um, it it looks great. I don't know if the $125 price tag helped ah. or hurt them because I don't know if they've made anybody else. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Like this was the only thing I heard about two years ago and then nothing. I've heard nothing. Now there was also, um, Jim did start a comic book that year, I believe. Oh, what was that comic book? uh, uh, let me see here. There was the Gem. Uh, let me see here. There was a, a comic book that kind of tied in Hasbro's, like, all their brands because they wanted to relaunch. And I can't – listeners, I'm sorry. I honestly yeah. cannot remember the life of me what the name of the comic was. Um, but it combined Gem. I think it included the Inhumanoids. It basically combined all of, like, a lot of sunbows. Um, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't say unheard of properties, but uh, I would say probably more obscure,
2: lesser known um, stuff. Yeah, yeah,
4: like oh, okay, sure. I've I've heard the name, the Visionaries. I've heard of Centurions. I've heard of Inhumanoids, but I've never seen any of those shows. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's not that I don't want to watch them. It's just I I didn't watch them when I was a kid. But um, it was interesting that I I was like, oh yeah, Gems in a comic book. That's really really cool. Um. But overall, I love this series. I will always love this series. Me um, too. As I said in the beginning, it's you know, as Christy Mark says in the DVD features, it is a soap opera action cartoon. Yeah, it is not just a cartoon yeah. for girls, people. Yep.
0: Yeah, I agree.
4: And I bet if it came back the um, <laughs> to jump off of a Brony, the, <laughs> the male fans would probably be jimmies. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: funny. Oh, you, like you know that. i probably would i i would have to admit if it came back full-on in in a new version i'd probably watch it yeah i'd probably watch do. it so mm-hmm. well i think that about wraps it up here for this episode of talking about my generation
4: you can have your show back now
2: yes i'll, I'll take <laughs> over here for just a few minutes uh You know, I do want to thank everybody for listening to it. Uh, Please leave us feedback on iTunes. We do appreciate anything that you guys give us, whether it's good or bad. So even if you give us a one-star rating, at least we have an idea of what's going on that people are listening (laughs) to the show. (laughs) Uh, You can send us a tweet. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T.
0: I am Uh, at Mommy of 3 girl.
2: I'm at TFG1Mike. Okay. Uh, you can also send the show an email at MyGenerationPodcast at gmail.com and find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. Uh, I think that pretty much does it for us. Mike, I know you have some things that are coming up here on, on uh, Geekcast Radio.
4: Uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. We've got um, our first ever April Fool's kind of thing going on coming up. Oh. Um uh we've got uh actually it's it's really funny uh, that today right before we recorded this episode of the podcast, I finished what i will start uh in twenty fifteen celebrating thirty years of jam a twenty five episode podcast reviewing all sixty five episodes of the show wow. um Yeah, Uh, so 25 episodes of the podcast for all 65 episodes of the show. Uh, I was really surprised. What I was really surprised about was that the third season, like the first two seasons are 26 and 26. Third season's only 13. I'm like, wait, where are the other 26? Come on now. (laughs) I was like, dang, because I had like, um, yeah, my, uh, my schedule... Uh, with all the listings and everything else. Uh, I've basically got, you know, the episode zero is going to be like an introduction, kind of like an overall, kind of like what we've done here, uh, kind of like an overall, you know, talking about the characters and everything else. Uh, the actual reviews will take uh, episode one through 22, and then 23, 24, and 25. Uh, 23, we're going to talk about 21st Century Jim and see which you know what she would be like now. Uh, 24, it'll be the merchandise and everything else. And then 25 is going to be just a grand finale, kind of like wrapping it up. Uh, and that'll be sometime in 2015 celebrating the 30th anniversary. There you go. Very
3: that'll be cool. awesome.
2: Yeah. That'll be awesome. So, all right, folks. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, Mike, have you decided what we're going to go out with here for show being over, Synergy? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Yeah.
4: All right. You'll, you'll just have to wait and listen. All right. Awesome. We'll go ahead and sign
2: off with that.
1: Me and my energy mm-hmm. <laughs>